0: Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. All right, very good. So we're looking at today's gospel passage. And if we're going to understand this parable within sort of the historical context in which Jesus preached it, then Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's talking about an issue that in a certain sense existed in the Jewish community at the time, but really I think we can say that Jesus is talking about something that will happen in the future, for them to prepare for it. And so, he's making this comparison between two different groups of people. Those who came to work early, and those who began working a little bit later. And so, in the context of Jesus is preaching it, Those who came to work early are those early Jewish Christians, the apostles, the first disciples, the people from God's chosen people to whom Jesus preached and converted. They were the ones who began working early. The ones who came a little bit later were those Gentile Christians. Remember, the Gentiles are the pagans, those who are not Jews, but who do convert and become Christians. And so what our Lord is saying is that you Jewish Christians, even though you came early, you've got to be very careful to resist the temptation to somehow think that you're better. And somehow that you think that you're more entitled just because you've been there since I got here. The Gentile converts are going to come and they are just as loved by me. They are just as open to receiving the treasures and the gifts that I have for them. That's the real message of the scripture. In a certain sense, you can apply it to the Old Testament and the Jews thinking they're better than the Gentiles, the Gentiles who will convert and become Jews. And so you can also sort of apply it to that, but basically I think we can say the Lord is applying it to those early Christians. But the fact of the matter is... It spoke to the people in Christ's time, and in a certain sense, yeah, I'm sure I can make an application. The way that we who are cradle Catholics may look down upon those Protestant or even non christians who convert to Catholicism. That somehow, because we've been raised Catholic, that we should be treated differently. But the fact is, at least from my experience, I don't see a lot of people who struggle with that temptation or believe it. And so what I'd like to propose, using sort of the same ideas from the parable, to propose another parable that's probably a bit more fitting for our time. And so there's a landowner, and he needs some people to work for him. So he goes out to the square, and he sees a bunch of people hanging around idle. They're playing cards, they're drinking beer, they're goofing around. It's 8 o'clock in the morning, they probably shouldn't be drinking beer at 8 o'clock in the morning. But still, they're idle, they're goofing around. And he says, hey, I have something for you to do, some work. And there are 10 people in the there, and two of them say, I'm ready to go to work. It's 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to put down my Miller light and I'm going to go. I'm going to work. And they go and they work hard. But the other eight say, eh, I really don't want to work. I want to sit here and just kind of enjoy myself. I don't really feel like doing anything other than idling around. I'm going to stay here and just basically goof off. Well, the end of the day comes, it's 5 o'clock, the whistle calls off, and it's time to collect the pay. And so the two who've been working all day long come and they collect their money. And they go out and who knows, they party, they waste their money, who knows, whatever. But the other eight say, hey, wait a second. We want to get paid too. But the landowner says, you've got to be kidding me. You've been sitting around goofing around all day long and you want to get paid? That's not the way it works. And so this is the parable that is meant for us today. So what is the meaning? The meaning of the parable goes back to something that we know as called the Pareto Principle. P-A-R-E-T-O. Pareto is the surname of the person who proposed this. And then in life, in all aspects of life, it's an 80-20 principle. 80% of the effects come from 20% of the people. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. This is true in life, but oh boy, is it true in the church. It is really, really true in the Catholic Church. 20% of the people give most of the money. 80% of the money. 20% of the people do 80% of the volunteering. 20% of the people uh, are involved in 80% of the activities. That's how it works. And so that's what that parable is all about. The two people are the 20% who go and get involved in their faith life. They pray. They have a Bible study. They get involved in the parish. They volunteer They tithe, they serve the poor, whatever it is, whether it's extroverted stuff or introverted stuff. It doesn't matter, they're involved. The other 80% are along for the ride. They are not necessarily bad. They may do want to do a little work. Oh, I'll come work an hour a week. That's the Sunday mass they attend. But does their faith really impact the rest of their life? No, they just want to sit in the back seat and go along for the ride. I'm going to let the 20% do all the work. But here's the shock. At the end, they want to get paid just like the 20%. It doesn't work that way. You, You may not believe me now, but you'll believe me later on, but then it'll be too late. That's how it works. And so that's why we're talking about it now. We need the 80%. The 80%, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. This is just the Pareto Principle. This is how it works. To convert to the 20%. To not just be along for the ride. To not just sit and lollygag and think, if I come to Sunday Mass and I pray a few minutes every day and I give a couple dollars in the collection, I'm a good Catholic. It's not the way it works. And I think our parable sort of demonstrates that. So... What can the landowner do to convince the 80% who are sitting there idle to get off the derrieres and to start working? To start praying? To start being generous? To study scripture? To get involved? To come to mass? Maybe even come to adoration? And to allow their lives to be transformed? Well, I can tell you as a landowner, I've tried everything. I've tried being mean and yelling and screaming. It doesn't work. I haven't tried forcing people in to do it because I can't force anyone to believe. I've tried being funny. I've tried being witty. It generally doesn't work. There's nothing that the landowner can do to make them work. And I can tell you for my 17 years as a priest, it has been a constant source of frustration. I like to see results. I like things to be effective. And it's difficult when you realize there's not much the landowner can do. So what's the solution? Are are we just sort of destined to live by the Pareto principle? There are always going to be 80% of the people who are just along for the ride while the 20% of the people do the rest of it? Maybe so, but I'm a little bit more hopeful. I have a hope that there can be some conversion, some change, that 80% of the people can get off the derriere and start working to be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. And so in my time, the only solution to this is not anything that I can do as a priest. It's not anything the bishop can do, the pope can do. It has to come from the Lord, and the solution is real, deep, and lasting conversion. He may use individuals to bring about that conversion, but it's Jesus who has to do it. it. has to come from the Lord. It could be an encounter with the risen Lord. Like the apostles, when they encountered Christ, they repented of their sins of abandoning Jesus. We've got to ask ourselves, if we're part of the 80%, maybe we haven't encountered Jesus. Maybe we really don't believe in the power of the resurrection. We know about Jesus, but we really don't know Jesus as a living person. It can also be that repentance from sin. St. Paul encountered the risen Lord Jesus on his way to Damascus, but when he encountered the risen Lord Jesus, it was that proverbial punch in the mouth. Paul quit being an idiot. He quit persecuting the church. He turned his life around. He gave up all that garbage and focused on that passion against the church for following Jesus. And sometimes that's what we need. A kick in the teeth. To say, cut that out. You're going to risk going to hell if you keep doing that. And it has to come from a gift of the Spirit that transforms our heart. And then, of course, the probably the most powerful is an experience of the Lord's love. Like St. Teresa of Lisieux had. Like Mother Teresa had. when we've experienced that Jesus loves us. That God the Father loves us. And that we want to follow him, not out of duty, but out of love. This is the solution, because all three of them bring about a deeper conversion. And so, the, that's how it's going to work. The people here at Mass, everybody is wonderful, but if the Pareto Principle applies, 80% of you fall in one category, and 20% of you fall in the other category. And so what can the 80% do? If you're listening and you say, hey, you know what? I am the part of the 80%. I prefer to sort of be idle. I'm going to let everybody else do the work. What can you do if these words mean something? The word specifically is you are not going to be able to expect the same pay at the end of the day as the people who put the whole full day's work in. The first is get involved. Give it a shot. And doesn't mean that you've got to spend five hours a day right off the bat in front of the bus of sacrament. But if you don't draw closer to the fire, you're never going to feel the warmth. Say, so you know what, I am important this 80%, but let me maybe go to daily mass once or twice a week. Let me go to a Bible study. Let me start doing some spiritual reading. Whatever it is in hopes that the fire will catch and that you can convert to the 20%. Also, another good thing is maybe start hanging around the 20%. Everybody who's part of the 80% knows somebody in the 20%. And so if you say, I really would like to be part of that 20%, instead of hanging around all your friends and going party all the weekend and octofunneling and passing out in the ditch, hang around the 20%. Hang around the people who are fired up for the Lord. And that enthusiasm will hopefully rub off And then, probably the most importantly, and of course, is the irony, pray for conversion. Of course, the 80% don't want to pray really either. They want to pray a couple of Hail Marys. But really pray, Lord, I want to get paid at the end of the day. I want to be part of that 20%. Punch me in the mouth. Let me encounter the risen Lord. Show me your love, whatever it takes, so that you can have that conversion. Now, what about the 20%? Granted, the 20%, we can always do more for the Lord. But what can we do to help our brothers in the 80%? We just can't say, oh, I think it's all right for them just to sit there and idle all day long. What can we do? Most importantly, is pray for them. It's kind of the same thing the 80% can do. Pray for the conversion of those who are lukewarm. And we all know people like that. Pray the Lord can touch their heart. He can transform them. He can show them his love. Be... Set a good example. Stay on the straight and narrow. We're all weak, we're all going to make mistakes, but set that good example because you never know when someone from the 80% is looking at you and saying, wow, I like to be like that person. Joyful, enthusiastic, knowing the love of the Lord. And then finally, invite them to get involved. Encourage them. Hey, come to work. Come get involved. Come grow in your prayer life. Let me let you join a Bible study. Pay attention and invite, because it may be that invitation that brings about that deeper conversion. And so we all, both sets, have things that we can do. But here's the reason this message is so important. Not just because at the end of the day, the 80% aren't going to get paid the same way. The real positive message is, the Lord, the landowner, needs everyone to work. We need 100% involvement and generosity in prayer and service so that we can bring about the gospel triumph in the world. We can bring about conversion. We can bring about that transformation. The Lord's going to do what he can with the 20% that he has, but imagine what we could do if we had 100% involvement. We transform our culture. We transform our world working for the gospel, working for the true message and love of Jesus Christ. Amen.